This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to Barnan, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the show, we head to the world of triathlons, a race in which the competitors swim, ride a bicycle and run without stopping between events. A couple of months back, the national record for triathlons was broken by a certain Tae Kwok Yen, who broke the record set in the 2000s with a time of 9 hours and 28 minutes and is currently working towards his goal of becoming the first Malaysian man to go under 9 hours for an Ironman race. He calls this Sub 9 by 39. This week, Tay joins us on the program as we explore the world of triathlons. Basically, Project Sub 9 by 39 is a, it's a goal that I set for myself to be the first, uh, I guess, Malaysian man to go under 9 hours in a full Ironman uh, by the time I turn uh, 39. Hmm. So I've just turned uh, 35 uh, this year, so that leaves me with another four years to Wait, get there. The clock is ticking. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you might think four years is a long time, but uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of Ironman training, actually, it really isn't. So there's there is a, there, there's basically a, a yeah a, a goal to be hmm. uh, to be reached there. And, and how close are you to that goal right now? What's your time? So the best time I have now is about nine hours and twenty eight minutes. So I'm roughly about thirty minutes off, hmm. uh, and I achieved it uh, recently in uh, Ironman Italy uh, about two months ago. Um, I was actually on track to go under nine hours, but over the last 21 kilometers of the run, I ran into issues with cramps and things like that. So oh, no. practically gave up a good half an hour there. Uh, you uh, could have done it there, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and I could have retired after that straight away too. <laughs> hey, Tay, uh, for the initiator, you know, our tri- um, um, triathlons are a different beast as compared to, you know, your normal fun runs or your marathons. What does a tri- typical triathlon entail? Uh, basically, it's, uh, it's swimming, um, cycling uh, and running. I wouldn't say it's too much of a different beast from uh, from from your typical runs mm. or things like that, um, but obviously there is the added element of uh, technicality coming from uh, from swimming there, which I think uh, deters most people, because from my experience, most people are I would say afraid or sometimes uh, not quite sure how to how to get started uh, with swimming, especially oh, when swimming. it comes to open water swimming. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so it, uh, give us a sense of what's like you know. So it's a two km swim, and then it's a. Okay, so um, there's multiple distances. Um, the shortest one that we always know about is what we call the sprint distance. Okay. That's a 750 meter swim. Okay. Followed by a 20k bike. Okay. And then bike. a 5km run. Ah, that right? sounds pretty doable, actually. Yes. So that's the entryway for most most people when they want to get into triathlon, right? Okay. You start with a sprint, or you can either try for an Olympic distance, which is a 1.5km swim, a 40km bike, and a 10km run. Okay. Right. So okay. those two are the common pathways for folks who who want to get started in the sport. And then once you get a bit bored with doing the <laughs> short easy, stuff, yeah, easy. with doing the short stuff, you can then move up to the longer stuff okay. uh, where the big boys play. <laughs> As I always <laughs> say, no, I'm just joking. Um, which is the half Ironman distance and the full Ironman distance. So the half Ironman distance is a 1.9 kilometer swim, followed mm. by a 90 kilometer bike and a 21 kilometer run uh, after that. Uh, while the full Ironman distance is a 3.8 kilometer swim, okay. 180 bike, and then a full marathon after that, so okay. 42 k. And that's what you do, right? The, the highest level. Yes, yes. The, 
that was what I did in uh, in 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 Italy. Mm. Full, yeah. mm. Bring us a bit uh, through your background. You know, um, how do you get started with this? Do you recall your first triathlon experience? How was that like? So I actually started off as a runner back in school. So I ran for district, uh, ran for state. So we did track a five k. Uh, and then from then on, um, those days, I uh, was watching a bit of the Tour de France. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure whether I should say this here, but I was inspired by Lance Armstrong then, <laughs> right? So I thought, hey, it'd be cool to, to to pick up a bike and to do some riding, right? And then, so I, stand, I started riding. And then I started also reading up a little bit about triathlons. And I thought, mm. hey, you know, you can actually combine cycling, running, and swimming and together. Swimming, and, yeah. and, and I thought, hey, if, uh, if, since... Since I'm uh, only mediocre in running and mediocre in biking, why not put all three sports together so that I can hopefully be <laughs> be be good at something, right? <laughs> right. When you combine all, all all three together, so mm. that's practically how I got started. Okay, uh, what what's your favorite part of triathlon? Is it the swimming, the biking, the running? I would say the biking and the running actually. So my swimming's not not really my strongest point. Uh, I came into the water as an adult swimmer, and I think technically you are at a disadvantage when you start swimming. Uh, as an adult compared mm. to those who start younger. Oh, yeah. start, start to learn swimming. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's the learning and also the swimming itself because y- you do see kids at a young age, they are able to pick up the nuances of swimming and the technique a lot better than I think adults can. Okay. So if you would throw a kid and also an adult in a pool, the kid will pick up the correct technique a lot faster than the adult would just because they are a lot more flexible and I think they are, they are, they are, their brains are just uh, a bit more malleable which I allows see. them to, to, to catch and grasp things uh, in the water better than an adult can. Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> um, okay, so you've been um, running competitively for a while now, I'd say almost a decade. Uh, yeah, a bit longer than that a since bit. my high school days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the full triathlon stuff, right? The real hardcore, serious stuff. You know, when did it start becoming from, you know what, I'm just going to do this for fitness, just, you know, to uh, gain my stamina, to say, you know what, I should enter tournaments, I should start winning races. When did, when did that switch happen? Uh, so I think that switch kind of happened when I was in university, actually. So I, I went to university in the UK. Um, they've got quite an active triathlon scene over there where I studied in, in Bristol. So I, I hopped on with them and uh, and went out and did a lot of cycling, um, running and also swimming with them. And, and those guys over there practically got me into into the Ironmans and also the half Ironman stuff. Mm. So I remember the first half Ironman I did, uh, 2007 uh, in, in the UK, it was the UK 70.3 race. And, and when I went off and I raced over there and I met quite a few of, uh, of, of the professionals those days. And, okay. and I thought some of their stories uh, really inspired me. Mm. And I think it was sometime about that time I thought, you know, I, I, was, I was really inspired by some of their stories. I mean, one, one guy practically had no sports background and... He really trained himself to become an Ironman champion over the years, right? Wow, that's cool. And those days, um, going sub nine was considered a very, very good time, which would allow you to be a professional. Although the bar has changed these days, but I think that was really what set me on the path to putting down uh, this this sub nine goal as mm. something which I really wanted to do. You're almost there, just half an hour, <laughs> just a half an hour difference, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, what would you say is your most memorable and biggest running achievement or triathlon uh, achievement so far? Um, so I would say 2009 when I was an exchange student in the US, we raced Kansas, so I went uh, for four, four hours 15 for the half Ironman, so that was a pretty good time back then, that was a good 14, 15 years ago, I was mm. 20, in my 20s then. Mm. So that, that was one really memorable one. Uh, 
And I think the next one, which I think is probably the icing on the cake, has, has to be the, the national record and uh, going under 9.30 in, uh, in Italy uh, two months ago. Mm. So I think, yeah, over my years, those... Well, there, there, there are a lot of memories, but I think those two were the best. The biggest achievements. Yeah. 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 So with the good runs, uh, you, you, you kind of answered this a little bit just now with the cram uh, during the race, but I'm sure you have bad races as well, right? Um, something where, you know, you just can, can't complete one part of it and then you DNF, for example. Has that happened to you? Uh, so far, I don't have any DMFs. Uh, I mean, most of the, I, f- I think I finished almost all of the races that I've started. That's great, man. Really. Um, but, but the one that I can, I can I can say that was that was pretty tough was actually Desaru mm. uh, this year. Johor, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was pretty fit coming to that race. Uh, I think all the numbers were, were in a good place. Uh, was expected to. I was hoping that I would do pretty well. But coming off the bike, I had some really bad cramps after about eight or nine kilometers of running and really struggled to finish that race. Mm. So I was just happy that I managed to hobble past the finish line because I remember about a kilometer out from the finish line, my legs were cramping up so badly that I could barely walk at oh all. No. Oh yeah. no. So I had to stand off, straighten things down, loosen up a bit and uh, shuffle my way to the finish. And but shuffle well, you did because you ended up being the fastest Malaysian. Yeah, I know, I know. But it was a really, really, really painful race. Hmm. Yeah, so, so let's get into that now, Te. Um As much as you know, competing in a triathlon is a physical endeavor, the mental hurdles that you have to go through, like you were talking, about you know trying to push yourself over the line right it's also something you have to consider right while um competing tell us how you how you do this how you get over that mental block in that sense i think for me really over the years of training i I think what's really important is is to focus on the present and take one thing at a time okay um as you know and especially when you do an ironman it's such a long event it's eight or nine hours i think 12 13 hours for for folks who are i think who are average finishers right so uh, what most people, I think, do is that they look at all three things in totality and they tell themselves that they'll never make it to the end. But what I found to help me, I mean, nine hours is still a long time, is just breaking things up into chunks, really, and, and mm. really focus on staying in the moment. Like when you're swimming, don't think about biking. <laughs> don't think about that beer you're going to have after the race <laughs> or the food you're going to eat after the race. Just Sometimes that helps. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But but just focus on getting to, to one boy to the next and, mm. and staying in the moment, focusing yeah, yeah. on your stroke really helps. And on the bike, uh, it's also really about you know, focusing on how you feel, um, charting out where the aid stations are and using that as a guide to keep you focused. Yeah. I find things like that really help. So break the race up into a lot of small little chunks mm. and, and basically focus on those little chunks. That's interesting because that's where triathlons are at that inverted commerce advantage, right? Because you actually are, naturally, the race has been broken up into different activities, right? If you compare it to, say, an ultra marathon, for example, you're just doing one thing the yeah. whole uh, don't 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 get me started on ultra marathons. I've, I've, I've tried one before and I'm I'm never going. <laughs> oh, yeah? Never ever doing it again. It's I, I find it harder than Ironman. In fact, actually, I, and and for the exactly the reason that 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 you mentioned. Sounds yeah. more fun triathlons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Ante, over the last two years, you know, we've seen you know obviously the whole world came to a halt with the pandemic and all that but now um, races are coming back right yep. uh, yes, in Desaru and all of that um, I guess I'm going to say this as a blanket statement right um, it's daunting doing triathlons is daunting but in your opinion do you think that anybody can do it or are you guys just a certain breed of human 
Nah, I, 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 I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm, I believe that I'm just an average guy like most people who has just spent a lot of time training, really. Mm. I mean, it's all about training, is it? Correct. Mm. I mean, if you spend as much time training as I do, you'll probably be <laughs> as fast as I am. <laughs> but then I do spend a lot of time training. But I, I wouldn't say it's daunting. Um, I mean, it looks daunting at the start, as mm. I said, because most people fear the swim from my experience. I, I mean, mm. uh, if you talk about biking and running, I mean, running comes naturally to anyone. Anyone can do it, right? It's just mm. a matter of whether you go fast or slow. Um, biking, uh, after a little while, you, know, you get used to the bike, you get used to being on the roads, you know how to ride safely and you're fine, right? So really the, the, the hurdle that, I, that people tell me about mostly involves swimming. Because, I mean, if you ask someone to jump into the sea and swim a kilometer out, I think it's actually quite, it's quite daunting and quite scary, right? Mm. Because from shore, looking out a kilometer feels, feels really far, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think once you, you, know, you, you get over that hurdle of the swim, right? I mean, and, and how you do that is obviously by first starting in your pool, picking up some good technique, and most importantly, learning how to relax when you swim, right? And that, that, mm. that, that, that will get you pretty far already. So once you get over that, then I think actually it's doable for, for most people, really. Mm. It's really down to a matter of uh, how much time you have to train because uh, for anyone to do a sprint distance, I don't think you need to train too much, right? Okay. It's quite a fun distance that, yeah. that you can you can just train a bit and you can go and enjoy because it's 750 swim, 20Ks on the bike and 5Km on the run and most people will finish an hour and a half or so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But for an Ironman, then yeah, you've got to dedicate the time for the training. <laughs> that was triathlete Tae Kwok Yen, national record holder and a man who's looking to become the first Malaysian to race a triathlon in under 9 hours. More of that conversation to come, so do stick around only here on Bar None on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong and this is Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week, we've been in conversation with Tae Kwok Yuan, a triathlete who just broke the national record and is aiming to become the first Malaysian to race a triathlon in under 9 hours. Now we're on to race strategies and on breathing methods and picking up where we left off, we asked if there's a particular way to conserve energy while keeping optimal speed. Um, not really, actually. Um, although I do know how my uh, how my breathing changes, as I guess as the effort gets harder. Okay. So I think mean, ge- ge- general rule of thumb, if I'm if I'm going a bit easier, generally a bit of nose breathing and very very that light mouth me. yeah mouth breathing will get me through. But once the effort gets hard, then yeah, just literally breathing through the nose and mouth. But as far as I think technique is concerned, I, I don't really have uh, have have one in mind. Mm. Is it better to breathe to, while, while you're running, breathe to breathe through the nose or the mouth? Is that a surefire way to you know? Um, okay, so this is a general rule of thumb I use. If you're supposed to be exercising easily, right? I mean, let's say if your coach tells you you should be should be going out for an easy run, then generally while you're running, you should be able to just breathe through the nose. Mm. With maybe a very little bit of mouth of okay. mouth breathing, right? But then, once you start to get into into breathing deeply because you're going harder, then it starts to swap over to mouth breathing a bit more. Mm. So I think that's just the sort of general rule of thumb I use actually. Mm. So if if I'm supposed to go out for an easy run, I try to keep it really light, you know, make sure that I'm I'm nose breathing with a bit of mouth breathing every now and then. 
But if I'm going hard, then yeah, it's just nose and mouth together. <laughs> can't control, can't control <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you can't control it. You're just trying to get as much oxygen as you need into the body. Hey, uh, when you're doing the nine hours, right, um, what are your rituals when you're competing? Do you listen to music? Um, basically, how do you stay focused the whole time? Um, really by, by, I think the, the way to stay focused for me is really by pre-planning the race, right? So, I mean, you've got three and 3.8 kilometers of, uh, of swimming, okay. 180 of biking, and also 42 of running. So I think what helps is uh, taking a look at the race and also planning out how you want, how I would like to break it down. Mm. So most of the time it involves looking at the swim first, right? You know, how far the boys place the part. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do the first half, we'll just stay easy or throughout the whole swim, you might just stay easy and try to find a good pack where you can draft, come out of the swim. And then on the bike, over 180 Ks, I'll have a ritual where I, I break it up based on, uh, on, I think every 15 minutes or 20 minutes in the aero bars. When I go down on the aero bars, I will have two minutes of, uh, of, of, of a break where I sit up and eat and drink. Right. While, uh, while still on the move. Yeah, yeah, while still on mm, the move. And mm. then I'll also take a look at where the potential aid stations are okay. along the route and, and try to plan those and, and use those to my advantage. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a pre-race is a bit of mapping out that, that yeah, whole journey yeah, you, as well. Yeah, you. You will get a feel of it uh, when you do your simulation days. Okay. I talked to you, as, as I mm. mentioned to you earlier, mm. right? So doing simulation days, you go out, do a bit of a swim, a bike and a run. And, and in that five hours of your biking, let's say you would figure out how to break it down into chunks. Mm. So like, like what we do is that, okay, so for every 15, 20 minutes in the aero bar, I'll have maybe one or two minutes of, uh, of, of a break, yeah. sitting up, yep. taking a drink yep. and also having some uh, nutrition and I also pre-mark my nutrition bottles to show that, yeah, okay, so every hour I should be drinking this much or, mm. or, or I should be eating this much just mm. to ensure that I'm getting the appropriate amount of calories in the body, actually. I see. Yeah, but wow. for me, the best way to, to, to really do it is just to really uh, take a look at the race in totality and uh, break it up beforehand, really, so that you know that the first 45Ks of the bike, you want to stay in this heart rate zone. The next 45, maybe you want to be doing this and then uh, so on and so on. And mm. the same for the run also. Mm. So for the run, what works best, I feel, is uh, is having a little walk break every time you see an aid station. So like like most most racers will give you an aid station every two or three kilometers. So, so what, what I generally do is I would run three kilometers, I'll take a one minute walk break through the aid station, pick up water, pick up gels, and then continue on after that. Mm. And by breaking that up, it actually helps. Yeah, this yeah. Sounds, sounds like solid advice. Do, do you um, make, make this up yourself or do you consult, like I say, a nutritionist, friend, or, or things like that to what you put in your body during yeah. the race? Yeah, so I, I work with a coach uh, okay. because I think like for, for me, I'm, I'm quite busy most days. So generally, I don't have too much time to plan or think about my training. So I, I like to outsource that <laughs> that part of the work. That helps. <laughs> yeah, and then he, so he also has generally, he's, he himself is a sub nine Ironman guy. Okay. Wow. So he knows the ins and, ins and out of, of the work that needs to be done and also mm. in terms of your, your, your race execution and race planning. He knows what needs to, uh, what you need to do also to, to, to get that uh, perfect race. Okay. So those are the advice that he has uh, shared with me in the past, really. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how about meals pre-race? What was the diet like? Um, I would say eat sensibly. Um, <laughs> what sensibly? I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I mean, most people will, will talk about the pasta parties. They'll they'll you know they'll go a bit crazy the day before, right? But for me, it's just it's just not trying to change things up too much the day mm. or day or two before eating what I guess you would normally eat and and don't um, yeah don't don't overeat really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So 
So a lot of it really just involves being sensible about things. Mm, really. Don't overdo things. Yeah, yeah, agree. Mm. So you've raced all over the world, like you mentioned, in Italy, uh, you're racing Kansas, and all. And one thing I do like, you know, when lo- looking at videos of people running, is the beautiful sceneries uh, all around the world, the beautiful scenes. Um, where's the most beautiful place you've been to? The most memorable. Uh, you're talking about race or non-race? <laughs> well, when you're racing, you're looking around, aren't you? You're looking around when you're racing, right? <laughs> uh, oh, I have to say um, Sonoma, uh, California. So I did Vineman, 70.3 Vineman one year and, and that was held in the vineyards over in oh. Sonoma in California. And I think that was really, really pretty. Mm. And to top it off, they gave you a bottle of wine at the end because I won my age group. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bottle of wine? Yeah, they, they, they gave you a bottle of white from the region. So, oh, that's so nice. that was nice. Yeah. Nice souvenir to have. Yeah, but but yeah. speaking of being all over the world, you know, different climates uh, require different conditioning, right, to, to your body. Uh, tell us how you, you know, accustom yourself to different weather conditions. I think to start off with, uh, I think Malaysian weather is probably the toughest you can train in. If mm. you can train in here and if you can survive here, then you can survive anywhere else just because it's so hot and humid over here. Mm. So generally what I've realized is uh, over here, when I train over here and, and I race somewhere colder, I find that back home here, my paces and my power are, are always a bit slower and lower compared to, to when, when I go somewhere that's, uh, that's a bit cooler and more, uh, okay. and more temperate really. Okay. So, I mean, if the folks who are listening, I mean, if you're, if you're really training in the Malaysian weather, I think that there isn't too much acclimatization that needs to be done because our weather would be considered, I would say, harsh already for en- endurance racing. You can race here, you can race everywhere. You can race anywhere. So the, 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 the only thing that I think you need to be aware of is if you're going somewhere really cold, let's say if you're yeah. going to be racing somewhere further up north, then yeah. you need to be prepared for it. Mm. And when I say prepared, um, I don't mean, uh, no, go, uh, well, uh, I don't mean jump into a very cold pool or things like that, but... I think in terms of the equipment that you're using and things like that, you probably need to be prepared on that front, right? You need, mm. Let's say if you're racing in somewhere colder, that's windy, you need to prepare a jacket, you need to prepare the appropriate equipment so that you don't get windshields on the bike. But from a physical perspective, from an endurance perspective, if you can hack it here, you will, you'll be fine anyway. Else, All right. Yeah. Uh, Tay, the current Asian record stands at 8 hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, somewhere right? about that. Correct? Yeah, with the world record under 7 hours. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that Asia has some catching up to do. Um, but over the years, have you seen that gap closing? Um, so I, I think I have seen that gap closing in terms of the ITU racing. So ITU? that's the, yeah, so that's the Olympic distance racing. Okay. Uh, so in, I think in that gap, the, the South Koreans and the Japanese have done a good job really trying to catch up with the best in the world. But I think in Ironman racing, I think because it's a bit more niche, there mm. isn't too much support for it. We're still a little bit behind actually compared to, to Europe and, and, okay. and, and, and America in general. Most of the, Fast Ironman guys, you see, I think in Asia are still, I think, uh, elite amateurs, uh, not really pro- professional yet, okay. uh, compared to the guys in Europe who, who are really just strictly professionals and they are really, really fast. Oh, so it's, isn't, it's, a, it's a question of being doing it full time, but also the infrastructure. Do, do we lack the infrastructure, you say? I think over here, over here, I think we... We do have the, I, I, I do see a system for it, but I think living in KL, right? I mean, you, it's it's really hard to compare to someone who's doing it in New Zealand because, right. yeah, mm. I think like if, you know, when, when, when I'm traveling New Zealand, you, you you know, when you look at them, you look at the sporting culture they they, they, they have there and things mm. like that. It's a bit different from 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 doing it um, over, oh, over there. 
but I think here we do have the infrastructure. We've got the pools, we've got the place, and and you know if you really wanted to do it, you could. But I think it's just that yeah, I man, living smack right in the middle of a city, it's just you just can't really leave your house and go out for a five hour bike bike ride, right? Especially when yeah. you're, when you're living in the center. Of but you do though. No, I, I well I I don't live out from my house directly. I have to drive out to cycle. Ah, so right. <laughs> so like so like for us what we do is we go out to places like Putrajaya or a mm. bit further out from town cycle just to just mm. to beat the beat the crowd. So at, at, at home I'm I'm basically on the smart trainer trainer mm. most of the time. Really. It's it's accessibility, right? Like you say in New Zealand you can just go out of your house and do it. But over here you need to actually travel somewhere for somewhere safer, maybe somewhere, you know, not so that's it's more conducive to say biking, for example, right? Yeah, so I think uh so running and swimming are okay yeah. because I think the, the environment mm-hmm. is quite controlled. It's biking. But, yeah, yeah, but biking you'll be hard to really find any good like like good or, or safe routes to, to ride around during the during the weekdays. Yeah. I think most involve a thirty to forty minute drive out of KL really mm-hmm. actually. Okay. On, on that note then, you know, what do you like to see change in the local scene for the triathlon for Ironman um, races? In terms of the local scene, um, yeah, I think um, what I would like to see happening in in the future, I think maybe a bit more, a bit more support for folks who who are involved in uh, in long distance triathlon. I think in Malaysia, a lot of focus is, has been placed on, uh, on course sport, right? Yeah, mm. short short short, mm. short distance uh, and also Olympic distance triathlon that goes to the Sea Games mm. and also for potential Olympic qualification. But I think folks who focus on the longer distance tend to get uh, get 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 left out sometimes. Mm. So a bit more support for folks who 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 are who are more into the long distance uh, events uh, mm. would would be uh, would be appreciated. Because people like yourself, you actually sell fun, right? When you travel all, all yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I do do that. So so ma- mainly for my own pocket, really, for for the races and also the the training. Mm. Um, triathlons um, are not exactly the most compelling spectator sport, right? Okay, you look at Agreed. the Tour de France, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, some people are into that, some people are not. But yeah. triathlons is a yes. F- yes. super more niche than that. Um, have you thought of, you know, any suggestions if you can to, to make it more inverted commas TV friendly? I think there are Folks who are trying to do that, like I think um, Super League uh, triathlon, are trying to do that, where, where where they race really short sprint distances and 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 they change change the format up. Okay. So in 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 a Super League race, what they do is they do a, a, a two hundred meter swim, mm. uh, and then they go for I think is it a six k six k bike followed by a one or two k run after that. Okay, so it's very quick. Yeah, very quick. and and they do three rounds of that. So so ah. the first round they follow swim bike run. I think the next round they go bike run swim. Okay. And the last round they go they. They they got the the other way around, which is which is a run, uh, run bike. Uh, run, run, swim, bike. I think. Okay. Yeah. So switching things up. Correct, yeah, correct. And and, and it's really intense because they they do three rounds of it, full all out, um, very little rest in between, like like five minutes or something. So so that's quite exciting to watch because it's probably under the hour mark for for men and women's race. But but sadly, I must say for uh, for the Ironman distance, even for the half Ironman distance, I, I I struggle to see how it will it will catch eyeballs really, mm, mm. just because it's such a long race. Yeah. And it feels like nothing much is happening <laughs> for most of the race right I mean you've got people moving around here and there yeah. so it's yeah so that's that's something I struggle with is, is I think it, I, I, Iron Man is probably very good as a, as a participatory sport mm. because of the you know the, the sense of achievement that it brings out in people when you complete one but 
But I think in terms of uh, of of a commercialization, in terms of TV and stuff like that, yeah, I I think it's it's tough mm. to be honest with you. That's yeah. a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, speaking to Tay, uh, who's uh, working to become the first Malaysian man to go under nine hours in the full Ironman race. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the program. If anyone that's listening to this, inspired by your story, any tips on how to get them to get started? Uh, well, to be honest, sign up for your race. That's, <laughs> Just do that's, it, that's right? the first tip. Right? <laughs> Once you sign up for your race, then uh, get a good training training plan um, I think in Malaysia we've, we've, over in Klang Valley we've got a few good coaches out there uh, Aldrin Aldrin Yeo um, Rupert Chen uh, hook up with them and, uh, and, and they'll, they'll get you ready already that was triathlete Tay Kwok Yen, triathlon national record holder and a man who's looking to become the first Malaysian to race a triathlon in under 9 hours. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit the episode, you can head over to our website www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name is Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.